Oh, Hi. shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What? Um, Uh-oh. I'm so happy we're all wearing our Anahatas hoodies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, our, uh, it's our team uniform. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I'm here for that. Uniforms. I love when we're on Marco and like there's just a day that like all of us are wearing our team uniform. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It just Everyone's happens. Just... We never talk about it. No. No. <laughs> I don't want to talk oh. about it. I just want to experience it. Just yeah. sit back and just live it. in the moment. And be like, look at all my friends in that Anahata's merch. That sweet, sweet merch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hercules. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Libra season. Mm-hmm. It is. Mercury's I'm gone just... direct, even though we're still in the shadow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Prove proven true by your headphone debacle. Mm. Yeah, it's really not okay <laughs> that all of the sound is coming in one ear <laughs> and not the other, and my neurodivergent brain cannot handle it. Yeah. Uh, so it's okay. It's going to be a little uncomfortable moving moving it back a little so it's not like on my ear. There you go. Helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and can you guys hear Cosmo eating in the background? No. No. Okay. Sorry. That's fine. Um, yeah. You should be. <laughs> little Tongue Martinez is just <laughs> Little Tongue <laughs> Martinez. <laughs> yeah, he uh of course he decides to eat all of his food the moment we hit record and his food is right next to me. Uh I'm sure there's going to be a big water gulp coming after the food mm. is finished. So always just, just always. preparing. Just preparing you all for awkward dog noises. <laughs> That's all right. I got I got this one losing their mind back here. Yeah. <laughs> serious after he is done eating like he'll he'll they eat in their crate and then he'll barrel towards the back door and like plow into the back door just just straight through just like a ram his head into the door and it's like you know there's a bell there's a bell literally right there but no he just like shoulder checks the door every time he's really dumb he's really dumb yeah it's probably why he only stays at two brain cells and he doesn't develop anymore because he rams his head into the fucking door. <laughs> but he's cute. Um, yes. Hi, Ruru. Hi, Ruru. She's about to start her shit. And I was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Libra season. Rachel, why don't you sound excited about Libra season? Oh, no, I am. Okay, like great. some of my, like my favorite people, my bestest friends or Libras. I love Libras. Um, Libra, yeah. Libras, good. Abso- absolutely. Geminis and Libras are notoriously like besties. Yeah. Um, and I'm here for it. I'm so happy. I'm happy to be in the Libra season. It's my favorite weather season. It's my mm. favorite all of the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so nice going into Libra season. But it's like so wonky going from the structure of Virgo season mm. to... <laughs> the like indecisiveness <laughs> indecisiveness of libra season. libra season but i also find that this month like this time of year every year is always like a really big transition and stabilization year like time for me mm-hmm. uh and i feel like it's always like 
there's a little reflection, some introspection, and there's always like big changes happen for mm-hmm. me in October. Well, it's actually pretty interesting that you say that because a long time ago, I don't remember full details on this. So like, I probably shouldn't even say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. I went to a numerology class. Okay. And the person that was teaching the class said that the things that happen to you in October will reflect your year next year. Hmm. So October is kind of like a preview for the year to come, like the whole month of October. I don't know Absolutely. if it has something to huh. do with the number 10. When he said that, I was like, wow, okay. And ever since then, I, I really keep a close eye on my October <laughs> to see what my next year is going to be like. Yeah, no, I think that totally, I mean, looking back at my life and how things have changed at this time of my life, like continuously year after year, yeah. uh, I can see that. And it does make sense with the number since nine is completion. Yeah. And then 10 going into pretty much a new beginning. Um, True. But I have started new jobs mm. in October, like many a times. I've moved to new homes in October. Uh, also, like the first Anahata's was in November. Mm-hmm. So it was all the pre-planning in October to then have it in November and then do the rest of the year. And I think the last few years too, October has been the reflective time from after Anahata's. So how are we going to do things differently? So it's right. just, I don't know, notoriously October is always a big transition month for me, but I love it. I could see that. I could see I it being. It. I love it. I do also well, know I'm pay that. Attention. Yeah, you should. I do also know that when things that are like big happen in your life, it can come back as like a cycle each year and your mm-hmm. surroundings and everything can kind of remind you of whatever it was that you were experiencing. So it's our other senses. So it can sometimes put you back into a similar mindset of things. Right. So I also know that yes to all of the Libra season month of 10, it working for the year, but our external factors are also playing a role in that and our bodies kind of chime into it. Does our body keep the score, Rachel? Our body does keep the score. <laughs> our body our body does all of the checks. It's keeping it's keeping tabs. Uh, it's keeping tabs and it's making sure that it's balanced. The scales yeah. are even. Mm-hmm. Libra season. It's no lie or coincidence that like it's the most aesthetic season, like clothing wise. Yes, I was literally. Go- I was literally Absolutely. thinking that. I was thinking Absolutely. that exact same thing. I was like, I am so ready for fall <laughs> weather. I am so ready. Yeah, it's sweater weather. Bring on the flannel shirts where I want to look cute, but I end up looking like a lumberjack. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you don't give a toot. It's okay. Don't I don't give, give a, a toot. toot. I don't give a toot either. It is the it is my favorite fashion yes. season out of mm-hmm. all of You know what, seasons. Rachel? And you really do Same. look very good in like a flannel with boots and jeans. Like I feel like that's just like mm. if I had to draw you as a that cartoon character, that would be your outfit every day of your life. <laughs> It's, I have a I have a lot of flannels and I love them. And hot tip: some of the best flannels you'll ever get are from thrift shops because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they're like pre worn in. So I like second that. Soft, yeah. Love a good flannel from a thrift store. And for the men's section, you have from the yeah. men's section. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still look it's like a vibe. Jack, and it's fall fine. fashion pumpkin spice. Those are all very Libra mm-hmm. things. My favorite. Yeah, I was meant to be born this month. 
but I wasn't. And that's okay. <laughs> My Libra moon is happy. You got close enough with being a Gemini and keeping it in the air, in the air area. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the this is my area. second birthday month. <laughs> and it's not yeah. even your half Just because I love this month. It's not even my half no. birthday, no. It's your rebirth day. Yeah. The two people in my life that I've known the longest who I've like had the deepest, longest like friendships with are both Libras. And like mm. mm-hmm. love a good Libra. I love my Libras. You know what it is about Libras? They give so much love to their people, but they're also like super judicious when it comes to like important decisions. I know that indecisiveness is a really like big thing when it comes to Libras, but in my experience, like it's only with the little things. Don't ask them where they want to go for dinner. Don't ask them like what do they want to watch on TV. It's like the little like inconsequential things that they have in decisiveness, like making those decisions. But I feel like when it comes to like business and like law and judicious things, they're the ones that balance the scales. So I think it's important like when people are dealing with a Libra that they understand that like, well, obviously it's the whole chart. It's never just the sun sign, but that... When it comes down to crunch time, they're a good partner to have, you know, like a lot of like lawyers are Libras or have prominent Libra placements because they just love a good debate. Have you ever gotten into like a good debate with a Libra? Yeah. I also love it as a Gemini. (laughs) It's great. I know. A Gemini and a Libra, like going, like getting into it. So much fun. I love it. It's one of my favorite pastimes. (laughs) That's one thing like that's that's the thing. I think that's what makes them a good lawyer is that they're able to see both aspects of a situation. Like you can argue both sides. Yeah. Totally fine. Like totally comfortable arguing either either point. The of devil's a debate. advocate. Yep. I do that all the time. I play the devil's advocate all the time. All the time. It's good though. It's good to do that. And I think that that might even be a reason why sometimes they can be indecisive. Mm-hmm. because exactly when it comes to a serious situation they're seeing all the different sides and they're going no that is unjust this is what we need to do but right. when it comes to eating something th- there is no full decision on what like you know like there's no like what no. is the thing that must be done like right. what like my stomach must be fed it's justice it wants pizza <laughs> and it wants a burger yeah <laughs> So, yeah, it's like, it doesn't matter. There's no like right them. answer. Right. Yeah, there's, there's no, no right answer. That's exactly so, what it is. Is like, and that's why I'm going to have such a hard time when it comes time to pick out a new microphone. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is going to take me a very long time because I'm going to overthink it. Like, yeah. I'm going to sit no, and be like, there's no wrong okay, answer. Well, just if I get this microphone, then it doesn't have this thing. So then I have to look at this one and I'm like, but this one doesn't have like these things that I need. And like, th- that's, that's how it, that's how, how about it I make the decision for you, Tab? Okay. Would that make I, you feel better? No, <laughs> because I will still be like, but, and then you'll, you'll be like, well, why don't you get this one because of this? And I'll be like, yeah, but like this one, this one, this one has this thing. Like, what if I need that thing one day? <laughs> it's really, it's like a hoard. I'm like a hoarder, but like, well, I think you should just get the one that I have. Yeah, I think I might get the one that you have. I like that one. And I wonder if we can like connect them all to like have their powers combined to be one super microphone during live shows. <laughs> That would be. Well, I mean, awesome. the Waba live show was done on mine. Yeah, but they're yeah. two people. We would have to all be sitting really. Yeah, close we got to be closer together. together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm just saying my microphone can do it. Big time. My microphone can do it. Yeah. It did it. It's proven itself. (laughs) It's just we we you know, we were in a room and we were in a on a big round table. It's all right. We were the nice round table. Anyway. My Virgo Mercury. Uh my Virgo Mercury. (laughs) Uh anyway. So I think it's something to look at though, is you know, what like being in in the the Libra season, what are the things that actually need your attention for you to make a decision on? I also feel like because Libras, like especially if they're in careers that are influential, they're making big decisions all day long. They don't have time to be making these little decisions. And that's kind of what makes them indecisive also. Right. I feel like Leos and Libras are also best friends because not only like the aesthetics, but we also kind of get the boss energy. And like, I know this is going to sound so silly, but like, I have so much to do outside of like mundane tasks that like, if I could, I would hire somebody to do all of my mundane tasks. And I feel like Libra is the same exact way. (laughs) I absolutely would. My Libra, my Libra moon says yes. Yeah, I just Libra season is is a really great season. I also love that it's like the introduction, introduction. It's the introduction, introduction. introduction. <laughs> it's a word. It's the introduction <laughs> to Scorpio season. It's like all right, mm. things are the veil is thinning. We are, we yeah, are, we are settling down and we're settling into a Scorpio season. Which, by the I way, can't get over to- introduction. Introduction. <laughs> introduction. Um, we have to do something for, <laughs> for Halloween, for our Halloween episode. Something spooky. Oh. Should we- oh. Yeah, I have we an idea, do- but I don't want to well, say it on here because yeah. I'm going to have to edit it out. We'll yeah, I have ideas. It. We'll talk about it. We'll All right. talk about it. I have an idea, too. I like it when we have ideas. <laughs> I'm happy you guys do because I don't. <laughs> I'm like, what are we gonna do? The spookiest signs? Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I have, I have ideas. Cool. I have an idea. But that might not be a horrible thing. Like, what's the no. spookiest thing about each sign? But I would just be talking about everyone's shadow side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We would just, we're just be listing everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might be a triggering yeah. episode. So uh, to get into some, we'll logistics, get hate mail. <laughs> to get into some logistics, I just wanted to put it out there that labor season began on September 23rd and it ends this year on October 23rd. So just so people know like what the, the time frame is between the, the, the labor season. There's also a lot of other season. things happening during this, uh, this month that if you are a part of our Patreon, you'll be able to get the monthly forecast from Tabitha that I know she's working on. How's that going, Tab? It's going. There's a lot. I know. There's a, a lot going month. on this month. Yeah. It is a busy month. So if All you haven't checked shit. out our Patreon yet, you guys can, uh, I don't know if you if you follow us on the social medias, you'll see that we dropped our Patreon on Sunday. And uh, there's a lot of really cool tiers, a lot of exciting stuff on there. And we've had a really great response so far. I'm really excited about it. So thank you, everybody. No. Joined yeah, us thank so you guys. Far. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. It's been real nice yeah so nice so so nice so nice <laughs> like i'm really so excited nice. when we get to do the ticket raffle i know i mean yeah, I i'm so excited now but i'm really excited to raffle off some anahata's tickets to patreon mm-hmm. people's it's gonna be awesome. our patreon folks 
Yeah, that's going to be really, really cool. I can't wait. I can't Mm. wait. I just, I knew that like, we were obviously going to get a response from it because people have been asking us for a Patreon. But the response that we got was very humbling and kind of like overwhelming. Yes. Yes. (laughs) In in the best way, though. Like, I just, yeah. I just, I wasn't expecting Mm -hmm. it. And for it to have blown up the way that it did, I'm just very grateful. I'm very grateful. And I'm excited to dive into all of the Patreon things with you guys. Though the busiest thing that we've been using so far is our Marco, but we also have, you know, other things like our Facebook group and we're going to be doing the monthly forecasts. I have some people that signed up for the uh, quarterly one-on-one session. So I feel like once we really get into it and like establish ourselves on Patreon, it's going to be even more fun. I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah. It is really it's exciting. Patreon.com 2G1L. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. So and you'll Libra- have a hard time picking which one you want to do because it's Libra season. Yeah. Libra Libra season. Yeah. yeah. Also, we were joking around because we, we released it on uh, – on Sunday, which was the last day of Mercury retrograde. So I said to Tabitha and Rachel that this is the thing that's going to break our Mercury retrograde curse. This is our offering. (laughs) Mercury retrograde, please. Please, or sorry, please. I hope so. Please restore the balance. It is. It It shall. 100%. -hmm. And so it shall be. Hmm. So Libra season, um, did you guys want to say yeah. anything else about Libras? Yeah, I, I do. I do. Okay, uh, tell, tell me. Famous Libras. Okay. Oh, cool. yeah. There's some, ooh, There's some good fa- famous Libras. I don't think he's going to be in the book, but I'm pretty sure that Childish Gambino is a, uh, yes. is a Libra. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I just want to say how much in my heart and soul mm-hmm. I adore mm-hmm. that man. Same. Oh Same. my God. He Obsessed. Is, he's like the only celebrity that like I really feel like a kindred connection with. <laughs> I love him on every single level. Like from yes. who he is in his music to his acting mm-hmm. to just like yep. how he is as a person. Like, uh, and that's Libras, folks. And also, yeah. can we just yep. talk about how like every Libra is just gorgeous? Yeah. Sure. I agree. Yeah. I just yeah. Feel like <laughs> I don't I'm I guess for me I was like, yeah, no, of course. That's not yeah, we know this. <laughs> Libra I'm like, yeah. With Libra Wait, people, people didn't like, uh, know this? I just yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, I read something once that said that if Libras were compared to anything, they would be like sculptures. The beautiful like sculptures of like Aphrodite and like uh, I could see it. And they are ruled by Venus, so that makes sense. But yes, it does make sense. They a little yeah. bougie. Yeah, I like it. They would be marble, marble sculptures, one hundred percent. A little extra bouge, mm-hmm. 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 definitely. Snoop Dogg's also a Libra. Mm-hmm. Fucking a. Cardi B's a Libra. Yeah. Nice. Um, Will she Smith also has is a an Libra. Aries moon. Cardi B. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I could see that. She was born during a full moon. That's why she's so crazy. She's a lunatic. <laughs> a literal lunatic. <laughs> a lunatic. Lunatic. Yeah. Nice. Barbara Walters. Oh, Babs. Okay. Um, Usher. Oh, Usher. He's got the voice to make the booty go slap. He does. He does. 
um, Bruce Springsteen, Gwen Stefani. I love Gwen Stefani's right. like bold red lip. Yes, mm. absolutely. Uh, Jesse Jackson, Hillary Duff, Aww. Dwight cool. Eisenhower. Oh, presidential. Uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Musical. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some other one. Ray Charles. Oh, musicians. Musicians. Mm-hmm. Actors galore. Matt Damon. Well, famous people. Simon Cowell. <laughs> Simon Cowell. You know, I don't like Is his he still attitude, angry? but he can get it. He's good looking. You don't think so? No. No, um, not really. Well, see, this is the thing. Is it comes down to personality for yeah. me. And the personality that he plays, whether it be him truly or not, I, yeah, I hate it. Not a fan. I he's love it when baby. he's like emotional, you know, and like, uh, when, uh, that's okay. I like damaged people. Right. It's fine. Let's move on. I like damaged people. <laughs> um, Let me fix you. <laughs> do shadow work. Figure out why you're so angry. Well, yeah. yeah, not only that, but like, he shows like his soft and gushy side. Like, that's what gets me. That's what gets me. That's your cancer response. Yeah, mm. probably. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, oh, a strong, mean person's crying. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I love it so much. <laughs> um, Sting. Sting is. Okay. Oscar Wilde. Mm-hmm. Eleanor Roosevelt. There's just some. There's, wow. there's just some. Did I say John Mayer? No, but thank you. John Mayer is like the definition of like the fuck boy Libra. Yeah. Because there are, you know, there are shadow sides to everything and, and and there are there are fuck boys and fuck girls in the Libra in the Libra fam. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Huh. That's it. That's that's some I'm not gonna you know, I'm not gonna stop. Those are just some some I, I felt I wanted to bring attention to. So wait, is Cardi hmm. B in that book? No. Okay, I was gonna say that. Mm. So they didn't uh, in, uh, update anything else. They didn't put Chiron in, but they updated the no. famous celebrity. <laughs> Seriously, book <laughs> yeah. from when the book was written. Oh god. <laughs> no, Cardi B isn't in it, and Snoop Dogg isn't in there, which is offensive. I think little little Wayne's a Libra too, and mm, he's not yes. in there. Love mm. little Wayne. Um, yeah, mm, he's not I'm a good looking Libra. Mm-mm. <laughs> Unfortunately, well, aren't the looks? The rising related to the rising signs yeah that's true sometimes i mean y- yes all libras are attractive and some things are just up for debate <laughs> just as everything <laughs> is during libra season that's true everything's up for debate nothing's mm-hmm. safe no nothing nothing Especially your relationships, like seriously, like checking with your partner. That just took a really rough turn. Just breaking up. <laughs> no. No. Well, your relationships are safe. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. No, it's just that Libras are very relationship based, so you may find like a lot of communication with your with your spouse about things during Libra season. A lot of check ins. Check in with your partner during Libra season. It's a very loving and gentle time, so it's a good time to like check in and see where you're at. And listen, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa said we were going to break up. 
<laughs> Please, I do not have hate that mail. much power over people. Or do I? I hate mail. No. No, it does. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm happy to hear it. Tab, do you have anything to add for the for the Libra? Not for Libra, Libra season. season, no. I sent you guys something this morning. You did. And I, I just, I want to, first, well, there's actually, there's some things I need to say. I'm sorry to Popcorn Daddy. You were not the one who had the mango lollipops. Oh. Let me fix that real quick from last episode. Yeah. Also, also, I will come back with the vocab word. I just, not right now, because this is, I'm excited <laughs> not, about this. Not right now. Okay. <laughs> we're going to be bringing back the vocab word of the episode, but I'm excited about this. So we're going to, we're going to try this guys. Hang with me and I'll give you a vocab word oh next boy. time. Okay. Oh boy. Um, I sent them, I sent, I like to just do random ass shit because I'm crazy. And I, I sent. Uh, she keeps the spark alive in our relationship. I like, yeah, I throw, I throw curveballs <laughs> randomly. I'm just like, I have an idea. Let's do it. And they're like, okay, we're not taming this one. And I appreciate you guys for letting my free flag fly. We're not taming this um, one. No, no. Listen, if we um, if we tamed you, we wouldn't have such gems like Hail Cern. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Thank you for letting letting me shine. Um, <laughs> so I sent I sent Tab and Teresa a birth chart this morning, and we're going to go through this birth chart. And I want uh, them to they don't know who this person is. I want to go through the whole birth chart, and then I want to tell them who it is, and then see see how see how on it is see how on point it is okay so we're gonna go through the birth chart and discuss the aspects in the birth chart i basically want Teresa to flex real hard Ooh, (laughs) flex i'm gonna flex so i'm gonna read read the chart to everyone and then we can go through i want Teresa tab your opinions on like what are some prominent things that you see here and obviously i'm gonna chime in too but i don't want to give anything away but I'm definitely, I'm here for this. All right. So the sun is in Taurus. The moon is in Leo. The Mercury is Aries. Venus is Pisces. Mars in Aquarius. Jupiter in Aquarius. Saturn in Scorpio. And it was in retrograde during that time. Uranus is in Pisces. Uranus. 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 I'm never going to say it right. Minus is in Pisces. Is it? You got fish in your butt? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Should get that checked out. Uh, Neptune is in Leo. <laughs> Pluto is in Cancer. The North Node is Cancer. Chiron is Aries. The Ascendant is Capricorn. And the Midheaven is Scorpio. So I just want to, what are main things that stick out to you guys in this chart? So. I don't know shit, so I'm just gonna go. What? Yes, you do. Okay. Uh, well, you. okay. Like so Mercury and Aries, I mean, this person speaks with power, mm-hmm. right? Right. The degrees, because its sun is in zero degrees in Taurus, isn't that mm-hmm. a big one? It is. And then the where was it? I saw Chiron's in 28 degrees. Mm-hmm. I totally forget That's the degrees I, things. So why I, are those? So, big- so zero degrees is a big degree because it's like a burst of energy. It's the beginning. It's like, I'm mm-hmm. here, motherfucker, kind of energy. Mm-hmm. Where like okay. 28 degrees is is an important degree, but it's more 29 degrees. That's like that's really what it important was, 29. Because okay. 29 is like the end. So it's like kind of like people with like a 29 degree sun, like maybe like 
more on like the wisdom side than like the fool side. Like, you know, it's like the hermit versus the fool kind of like energy. Okay. If if you guys understand tarot references. But I guess that yeah, makes so, sense. So the Chiron is more of evolved. The Chiron. Yeah. And also, so the Chiron and the uh, Mercury, are they conjunct? No, because the Mercury is at four degrees. So they're not conjunct, but they they share an energy. Okay. So the biggest thing that I saw here, and I, I want to ask a question, is if this person is a celebrity. You can say that, but it's yes. Okay. But more than a celebrity. Okay. I just feel like a lot of times when people have like a Scorpio midheaven, like they are in the public eye in some sort of way. So absolutely. Yes. The Scorpio midheaven uh, kind of like points to that for me. Also, I I love the combination of like the Taurus sun, Leo moon and Capricorn rising, because that just shows somebody that's like really focused on a goal and kind of creating the life that they're like kind of meant to create essentially. And it gives them like a really nice balance. I feel of like, the Leo moon can give them like that playful side where like the Taurus sun and the Capricorn rising can kind of keep them grounded. And like stoic. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I really like the, what you pointed out about the Aries Mercury, about it being like a place of, of power, somebody that like expresses powerfully, but it also could be somebody who like talks without thinking at times, you know, like just Mm. kind of like is very impulsive in their words. And then I was also looking at because in the um, in their first house, so there's a, a couple of different types of astrology. The astrology that we mainly talk about is Western astrology, like Placidus tropical astrology. There is a, a type of astrology called whole sign astrology that would break up these houses a little bit different, and it would actually probably change some placements in the chart. But because we are t- studying Western Placidus. Uh, astrology, you'll see here that the first house encompasses Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. So because of that, like the person that they are, like not only do they show this Capricorn rising, but they also have this undertone of Aquarius and Pisces, like in their natural state, in their personality. And Mm -hmm. I find it really interesting that Aquarius is kind of just like hidden in there. You know, so like this person may be like kind of like a very revolutionary person, but it's not something that is like they're probably somebody that like donates to causes like kind of like I feel like they're humanitarians, but it doesn't show as much as like their stoicness, you know, like they might be somebody that like donates to a lot of causes, but like it's not really something that's like on the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And uh, especially because their Jupiter is in Aquarius, like giving back is actually what brings them so much success and so much abundance and and expansion in their life. Uh, Pisces Venus is, I love Pisces Venus, but that also can be really hard when it comes to like relationships and stuff, because Pisces is already an emotional being. So having uh, having an emotional sign in an emotional planet can sometimes mm-hmm. just bring a little extra pizzazz. Emotion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just emotionally doubling down. Yeah. And that's also in their first house too. So the fact that like their first mm. house encompasses Capricorn, 
their Aquarius Mars and Jupiter and also their Pisces Venus. Like it just kind of makes this person like a very eclectic person in my opinion. Does that happen a lot where you have three signs in the first house? It doesn't happen a lot, but you will notice in Western astrology, a lot of birth charts have intercepted houses. So other plant, other zodiac signs will be within those houses. It's, I just find it really interesting. And it's kind of like mind blowing in a sense when like the houses are kind of like cut up like that. I feel like this person has some like seriously commanding energy. Like you'll know when they walk into a room because of that, like that zero degree sun, a Leo moon, and then like a Capricorn rising just feels like they, I don't know, just based off of the, and then the Aries Mercury. So according to (laughs) astrology42.com, I looked up why are some birth charts intercepted because I understand interceptions, but it kind of confuses me how so many signs could be in one house, you know? So since the houses and the angles of a birth chart are worked out on an axis of the earth, the further away you get from the equator, the greater the differences in the house size become. This makes it possible for some signs in a horoscope to be intercepted. These are known as interceptions. So, okay. Now now we know. The more you know. Thank you for doing the vocab word of the episode. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. Interception. So, uh, Rachel, how are we doing? Uh, On point. Do you you want me to tell you whose birth chart this is? Um, hold on. Let me finish looking. I got really distracted by the interceptions. <laughs> you got Sorry. intercepted. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Intercepted by the in- interceptions. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention was um, that they have the Cancer North Node, which would give them a Capricorn South Node. And mm-hmm. it's funny because they actually rest right on the Ascendant Descendant axis. So if you're looking at the chart, it's the uh, sign that kind of looks like a horseshoe is the north node. And then the upside down horseshoe is the south node. So whenever that happens, it just it to me, it kind of points to someone whose destiny evolves and involves their community and their relationships with people and So the descendant is the ascendant, which is the rising sign, is all about me, I, myself. When we transfer over to the descendant, it's all about them and how do we work with the people in our lives kind of thing. So with the descendant being in cancer, it shows that this person is probably like attracted to the types of people that have like cancer energy in a way. So like people that like, are the nurturers and the caretakers and and that kind of stuff. So now when the north node and the south node also lay on that asp on that line, like I was saying, it just points to me that community may be something that is important in their lives. Is this person getting I, called out? No. <laughs> oh. I just what what has just happened is you have proven that astrology is real. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what just happened. Uh, are you ready? Are you ready for me to tell you who this is? Yes. Ready. Queen Elizabeth. Oh. Oh. R.I.P. Okay. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. 
And it's funny because I was also going to say she has her Scorpio um, Saturn and it is in the ninth house, but it is also right by her midheaven. And I feel like that kind of points to somebody who lives like a really long life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But and how old was she when she died? I think she was like, wasn't she like 100? almost 100? Yeah. She was like, I almost. think she was 98. 98. Yeah. 98. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, pretty much Maybe. everything you guys said. Yeah. Tracks. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, wild. It, it tracks. Isn't that wild? It <laughs> is wild. Um, also, I know that her she supposedly had a really good relationship with Prince William, mm-hmm. her one grandson, and he's a double cancer. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. Yeah. So I think it's also funny that you brought up like having good relationships with cancers and stuff. But I mean, yeah, yeah I feel like, you know, the queen died. When we were at Anahata's, and it was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it was like this weird thing. We're oh, sitting at Coco's color class, I think, is when we heard. It was yeah. like a was wave like this- that came over yeah. Anahata's. Like, people were like, yeah. did you hear the queen died? Did you hear the queen died? Yeah. It was just like this yeah. weird thing that happened. And, like, obviously, we don't have any major connections to the queen. And I know that the queen has done great things and also controversial things. And, right. you know, I know that it's like, it's government. But I, I find it really interesting, too, that you said, you know, philanthropy is something that brings this person joy and mm-hmm. that they don't really bring that all to the forefront. So it makes me think like, mm, I wonder what things maybe she did behind the scenes that people don't know, but also. Have you watched The Crown? We know she's shady. Yes, I love The Crown. Uh, I yeah. love it. The Crown's a good show. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what I really, what I really want to know, the whole reason why I even did this in the first place is what's the placement that, uh, brings one many corgis <laughs> <laughs> what's the corgi placement well, what is actually, the corgi placement it's actually funny because pets are ruled by the sixth house and the twelfth house and she doesn't have any placements there but her her sixth house uh is ruled it looks like it's ruled by gemini but it might be cancer i can't really see you- so those houses are actually ruled by corgis yeah, <laughs> mm. I was gonna say she's filling up the empty spaces from the planets with her corgis. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> I want to know where the corgis are. You know, I want to know. I want one. Mm. I want one of the queen's corgis. Mm. Um, I'm sure they're yeah very well taken care of. I'm. I always say yeah. that I want to be one of your pets when I come back to life. But I, I honestly, it would be great to reincarnate as the queen's dog. For sure. Yeah. That would the be queen's a corgi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine the treats that the oh. Queen's dogs get? Oh my God. Yeah. And the food. But They're that not was... eating no kibble. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. They probably have their own personal chef. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> and he's probably, hopefully, paid very well. Yeah. I was going to say, he's probably like rich, like super, <laughs> yeah. super rich. Yeah. I want to, I want to see if that's a thing. Do the dogs have their own chef? Um, <laughs> But I really fucking, you guys nailed it. Good job, Tab. You guys nailed it. You guys did a great job Good on job. this episode's version of Guess Who. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's a shit like that, you know, that you're like, you can't deny it. <laughs> I can't deny it. I'm a straight rider. The queen. <laughs> also, the like. Queen's corgis. Have the most luxurious, or the Queen's Corgis have their own menu and it is prepared by royal chefs. Yep. Cute. 
cute. And Rachel, I'm sure when you saw that she had a Leo moon and Capricorn rising, you were like, oh, <laughs> and the Scorpio <laughs> midheaven. You're going to be the queen, uh, Rachel. I'm not Rachel. going to be the queen. <laughs> you are I'm the queen. <laughs> I'm not the queen. I'm a cult leader. Get it right. Get it right. Uh, that's the difference between a Taurus sun and a Gemini sun. With there those you go. <laughs> <laughs> Royalty versus insanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I just, but it was really interesting to me. She doesn't have a stellium. No. Um, there's just like a lot of different placements. It's kind of like everywhere. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. They shared yeah. the menu. The dog menu? This the chef shared the menu. Is it something that I would want to eat? Uh, probably. I would probably eat the Queen's Corgi's food. Yeah. <laughs> the Queen's dog menu. Yeah. December 5th is rabbit and beef. The 6th is chicken. 7th is ra- rabbit and chicken. 8th is beef. Ninth is rabbit and chicken. 10 is beef. They got a surplus of rabbits rabbit over chicken. there. Yeah. 12th is liver. Ugh. I'm trying to find if there's anything other than rabbit and beef. No. Nope. Rabbit, chicken, beef. But I want to know like liver. what veggies and how do they prepare it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what kind of sauce do you do? You, uh, yeah, <laughs> what yeah. kind of gravy is happening there? What's the gravy situation? Yeah. She had her first corgi's name was Susan. When she was eighteen. <laughs> I love it when dogs have human names. Human names. But like a real like human human name yeah like frank like susan is not a, a pet name yeah. <laughs> she is really weird sadly her beloved pet holly a descendant of susan passed away in 2016 followed by willow in 2018 leaving the queen with two dorgies a dachshund and corgi crossbreed candy and vulcan so she went from susan and holly and willow and candy to vulcan <laughs> I don't think she named that dog. <laughs> she also has an adopted corgi called Whisper, who she took in after the death of his owner, former Sandringham gameskeeper Bill Fenwick. And hey, I'm a corgi. I like to whisper. <laughs> Call me Whisper. I'm a whispering corgi. <laughs> oh man, I'm whispering still. Corgis. They may look sweet from afar, but Darren, is the royal chef, said. The chefs didn't like the corgis. They're yappy little yappy nasty dogs. <laughs> They're pat yappy dogs. little yappy nasties. <laughs> They're yappy little yappy nasty dogs. They're pack dogs, so they always fight with the queen's mo- queen mother's dogs or Princess Anne's dogs. <laughs> Places like Sandringham, the dogs would come into the kitchen. You'd often think, come on, get out of the way, otherwise I'll put you in the oven. Ha ha. Aw. These poor dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right, they're yappy, nasty dogs. Yeah, corgis are yappy. <laughs> and they shed a lot. But have you seen their butts? Yeah, they do. They have. They have a great. They, they have, have a, a butt, butt that would make Jupiter jealous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> their butts are their saving grace. And those ears and those short little stubby arms. Mm. Mm. Corgis, forever. Long live the corgis. <laughs> I would. I would love to have a corgi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, a corgi yeah. would get stuck. St- st- never mind. Stampeded, trampled. Mercury. Trampled in your home. Probably. <laughs> Between the kids and the other dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think that I think that they, they, they could they could figure it out. 
I, I was doing this because like like weaving in out of the legs, but I don't know. It looks not only are not only are they yappy, they're scrappy. You know, scrappy. Yeah. So we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like Sirius would get fucked up by a corgi. One hundred percent. I mean, June fucks him up, and she's like half his size. So yeah. Well, June is scrappy, also. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna ha- end up having to post pictures of our dogs. So people know what we're talking about. <laughs> I'll find an extra dumb picture of Sirius and yeah. you guys will see. Yeah. You'll see. Yeah. Cool. He's really dumb. And then you guys can sneak a peek at Little Tongue Martinez. Little Tongue Martinez. AKA Cosmo. <laughs> mm-hmm. We 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 call Sirius Ferdinand now because he's like a bull in a china shop. Nice. He's just clumsy and fucks everything up. So that's that's Sirius's nickname now, is Ferdinand. <laughs> And he answers to it. We'll be like, God damn it, Ferdinand. And his ears will he'll tilt his head. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Okay. So, Tab, what do you bring into the table today? Aftercare. Aftercare. Retrograde aftercare. Aftershave? Aftershave. <laughs> Teaching so you don't get red bumps? Face. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No more strawberry legs. Mm. Strawberry Exfoliate. Legs? Yeah, you know when you like kind of it's not like full on razor burn, yeah. but you get the oh, I was yeah. picturing somebody smearing strawberries on their legs for aftercare. I mean, uh, I'm sure there's aftercare with strawberry bits in it, probably mm-hmm. somewhere. I think strawberries have enzymes in them. It's probably good to exfoliate <laughs> the top layer of the skin. Anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a aftercare. What a aftercare. So we have um, two retrogrades that are uh, ending. So Mercury retrograde aftercare. So the shadow period starts October 2nd and lasts Mm. until October 16th. Mm. You thought it was over, folks. You thought it was over. (laughs) You thought wrong. (laughs) So the important thing to do during the post-retrograde shadow period is to um, reflect on what lessons we learned during the retrograde. So, you know, what did you learn? What did you experience? We experienced a fucking lot of technical difficulties. A fucking mm. lot. So let's let's Amen. let's think about why we experienced those technical difficulties because we started a podcast during mercury retrograde okay what did it teach you not to start a podcast during mercury retrograde or patience it could also teach you patience that's true you could be patient or to call it when you try to record a podcast like three times and it doesn't work any of the times and then you have to just Just let it go yeah it's teaching us we we were taught to let go (laughs) yes um it's important to slowly apply these lessons to everyday life. We're still going to be feeling the effects of the retrograde during the post shadow period. So don't go cray cray making too many big changes, you know, take the next couple weeks to think over the big moves, especially in relationships and put together a plan of action. Love a good plan of action, plan, plan shit. I know it's not easy for everybody, but it's, it's important. Um, Make sure you're with the Mer- Mercury retrograde post shadow. Uh, proceed with caution because we're still not out of the woods, uh, and the rules, typical rules of retrograde, still apply. Um, remember, it is absolutely okay to hold off 
if you feel as though you're not communicating properly, sit back, think about what you're trying to say, how you want to say it, and then say it. <laughs> it's also proceed. On. Yeah, it's okay. It's also proceed okay. With caution. Proceed with caution. Exactly. Um, it's also okay to have a script to help you communicate. Absolutely. Mm. Take the time to write out a script if you feel like you need to. Sometimes you need that. Like I know for me, if I if I ever have to have like a big conversation with somebody, I just kind of like write down my talking points because I also get flustered sometimes, exactly. you know. So yeah, it's helpful. Yeah, and sometimes if you get like flustered, you're not going to remember everything that you wanted to say or, you know, or you'll get caught up in a conversation and like forget, you know. So it's, it's a good thing to at least have like some of your talking points written down. For show. For show. <laughs> Pluto also also stations direct this month too. Um, the shadow period starts October 8th and lasts until January 29th. Oh my God. I know. That's a big one. This one ain't fucking around. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. And it sucks because. I mean, it makes sense, but it's just, that's aggressive. This one's probably going to be a little bit of a, like, a rant. Like, but it's because the actual retrograde, Pluto retrograde tends to be a tough one. It deals with a lot of transformation, letting go of bad habits, and resolving repressed trauma. Mm. So, again, post-retrograde periods are periods of time to reflect on the lessons learned and the experiences had during the retrogrades. This means it could be a harder shadow period for a lot of people. I, I don't have like a ton of advice, but I will say if this ret- if this retrograde was especially rough on you, or even if it wasn't, it's very, very important to rely on your support system system and medical professionals. As somebody who struggles with depression, among other things, I will never downplay the importance of a good therapist. You know, so definitely, like, if you feel like you can't handle the feelings that this retrograde might bring up, definitely seek professional help. Find one. If you find one and you don't really click that much, keep searching. Don't give up because the good one, there's a good one out there. And there's also a ton of online resources nowadays as well. And to end my little mini rant, always remember that you are loved and supported. And that's how you take care of yourself after retrogrades. Sorry, that one, that one, uh, like, I was reading a lot, and it was, like, I didn't feel qualified enough to, like, be, like, do this, and you'll be okay. Like, no. If, if you feel like you need the help, go get, go talk to somebody. It's really important. So. Absolutely. Sorry, that was- and especially, no, no need to be sorry. It's important, 100%. And emotions are hard, mm-hmm. and a lot of people like to just mask their emotions by doing other things, but actually getting down to the nitty gritty and breaking through patterns is where the real change happens. So if you're ready to take that dive, you know, do it with caution, proceed Proceed with with caution. caution. You know, if, if you need a medical professional to do it with, then there are a ton of great ones out there. I know, uh, Erica, just started a mm-hmm. business, right? Do you, do you have information yep. on that, Rachel? Um, hold, please. It's quantum. That yeah, it's quantum something. But Erica is fantastic. Erica is who facilitates the befriending the shadow mm-hmm. class. You can find her on Instagram at Erica Tate Spiritual Therapist. If you're looking for, her, you can also go on the Anahata's Instagram, which I'm sure a lot of people here 
follow already and she is listed as a highlighted facilitator on there so you can find her and the workshop schedule is still available on the Mm -hmm. website which lists all of the facilitators and all of their social media and all of the links so there's just a lot of really great resources on there for anything mental health and really a lot of just a lot of really great people um but i did I had a question. What were the dates again that you said that the Pluto retrograde? The post. So this is the post shadow period. Uh, yeah. October eighth to January 29th. So I feel like it's very interesting because there's another really large retrograde happening during this time, uh, and that's mm-hmm. Mars in yeah. Gemini. Mm-hmm. So Mars is retrogrades only normally like eight weeks, but this one's like months long that Mars is transiting in through Gemini because of this retrograde. And the dates for that, that's why I was looking it up, is October 30th to January yeah. 12th. Wow. So that's happening. And really the theme there with that is like repressed anger and communication yeah. meltdowns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoops. So yeah, yeah whoops. that's... Yeah, so that's like that's I I was kind of I was doing a lot of research on the Pluto like retrograde and like how to take care of yourself afterwards and a lot of the stuff that I was getting was like shadow work and I kind of just did that intuitively more than anything else so I feel like somebody probably needed to hear that. So hopefully that gets to the right person. Yeah, I think maybe one thing to practice during this time outside of, you know, going to see someone mm-hmm. if there's something that you need to go talk about but i think maybe something to keep in mind uh is not jumping to assumptions right Mm. i feel like that is always something that Mm -hmm. um can help when dealing with anything mental health wise not saying that it is a cure but checking yourself and seeing okay is this just an assumption that i'm I'm making is this fact is this true is this just coming up from something that i'm dealing with or is this like a valid thing for me to be upset about So that's, I guess, the only thing that I want to put out there, because for me personally, I know that I have been able to advert from any kind of meltdown or anything when I look at something and go, wait a minute, is this, am I just jumping into an assumption here? Right. Or is this something that is actually happening? Am I just actual, factual and true? Like those are the things that you have to like step through to. Yeah. Because if I'm sitting here just creating a situation in my mind on how somebody is maybe doing like deceit or whatever anything yeah it's just ask and just talk to the person about it don't fester and just keep making assumptions find out things before you take yourself down a rabbit hole and then have a communication breakdown or have repressed anger you're creating repressed anger that might not even be valid so that would be yeah just i guess things that i want to sprinkle in there with pluto and mars both being in retrograde at the same right. time and Mars being in Gemini during that retrograde, it is going to be communication based. It is going to be the conversations that we have and with it being the planet of war, you know? Yeah. Everyone just needs to chill out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> if you take anything away from this, I just feel like it is really super important to express yourself. Uh, we discussed this, I believe in the last episode, the, the Buddha quote that was like, 
holding a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And I will use that quote on every episode for the rest of my life. Because (laughs) honestly, it's just, it's so empowering to just, to realize that in those moments, you are the only person holding yourself back. If you have something to say, say it. You know, and also like life is short. You never know what's going to happen from one moment to the next. So if there's something you need to say to somebody, say it. It's important. Exactly. I do want to add. I'm looking it up right now because I knew I knew last episode I was like, it's not right. Buddha didn't say it. Oh. I just found out a bunch of things on here that it's like there's there's a whole website. Okay. That is about Buddha fake facts. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I just found uh, right it's now. Funny. How embarrassing! Buddha fake facts. <laughs> Please tell me that that's what the website's called is BuddhaFakeFacts.com. No, it literally that's it's. Oh fuck! Where is it? Let me go back again. FakeBuddhaQuotes.com. <laughs> it's literally what it's fake called. Fake Buddha quotes. So it's like. Probably a lot because I feel like people, but but like also like at the same time, like just put your own name on your quote. Right. And then you'll be known for saying cool things. Like you don't have to assign it to Buddha for it to have meaning. Like it still has meaning. It's still a powerful. No, I know. I'm just, I'm I'm being a Gemini right now and I'm like, I need to know. (laughs) Um, No. And that's, I, I love it. Please continue. But I'm just saying like to the people who are out there putting out their Same quotes on your quote shit. Oh. <laughs> like just yeah. share your inspirational shit. We want to hear it. And we don't care if it's from yeah. Buddha or if it's from Joe Schmo down the block, just share your information. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it just really tapped into my dad there. I felt that <laughs> fucking Joe Schmo down the block. Yeah. Maybe Joe Schmo's got something real important to say. He needs to just say it and stop hiding. Exactly. He needs to let, he needs to shine. Exactly. I'm. I, I'll have to find it. I don't know who first said it. We'll come back to it. We will. There's just a bunch of people. Be, well, there's like all of these different variations of that quote. Like Nelson Mandela's is resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it'll kill your enemies. Mm. So there's, you know, obviously people, nothing's new. So people have just read one thing and their brain is interpreted interpreted and then they said it right. in a different way so i don't know we'll see uh i'll try to saint augustine is listed as somebody that said it i don't know maybe everyone said it and everyone is everyone, buddha, right yeah. in the buddhist religion that's a thing so we are all sure, buddha, buddha said and it. buddha take, is I take all it. us yeah so i take it back buddha said it buddha said it <laughs> Added to the list of conspiracy theories. theories. (laughs) We're starting. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe this ties in with CERN and Nelson Mandela. This is part of the Mandela effect. Yeah. (laughs) So, the episode that got canceled a million times. Well, it didn't get canceled a million times. The episode that we told you that there was technical difficulties where Mercury was just angry at us. Yeah. I, I... the one before that, I told you guys I would read the Babylonian astrology history. I read it four times, in, or three times. I don't know. I'm exaggerating. However many times we recorded this damn episode, it never actually went out. 
And I told you guys that I would read it. I've read it a bunch of times, but it hasn't gotten to your ear holes yet. <laughs> so I'm going to read it again. But I just want to let you know that I haven't pre-read this in a month. And to me, that's like 10 years. I can't. So we're going to read this right now. I have not pre-read it. I might stumble over words. I'm going to do the best I can. But I promise you guys Babylonian astrology. And uh, I'm going to fucking deliver. I'm going to fucking deliver. Because that's what Jupiter would have wanted me to do. It is. you know, And the queen. It's what the queen would want me to do. The queen definitely would have wanted. The queen corgis. The queen's corgis would want me to do this. And the queen's corgis Mm -hmm. chef would be like, Rachel, you need to stick to your word. And I'm like, you know what? You all are right. His name is Darren. I do. Darren. Darren. The queen's corgis chef as of whenever that was written. Why? Like, they should have named a dog Darren. (laughs) Darren is a good dog name. Darren Darren is a great dog name. This one's for you, Darren. (laughs) This one... Hey, chef. <laughs> this is for Darren. I would just love Darren to also- like start like quoting a poem or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. maybe I'll see. I'll see if I can just add Darren in here somewhere. We'll see what I can do. Uh, Babylonian times, four thousand BC to one twenty-five BC. In a fertile plain in the Middle East lies a region that was once known as Mesopotamia. (laughs) The southern part was called Babylonia. The north was Assyria. All right, there we go. The Sumerians were the first people to settle in the area sometime around 4,3500 BC. They were mostly shepherds and farmers and Darians who apparently spent (laughs) a great deal of time looking up at the sky. Jesus. Oh, did I say Darians? She's a Darians. All right. Is yeah, that it's a whole? There's a, that is what I said. Yeah. They're Darians. I caught it. I loved it. You brought me back. You brought me back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Shepherds, farmers, and Darians looking up at the sky. Cool. Okay. They soon noticed a connection between the heavenly cycles and the cycles of growth in plants and food. Based on such observations, the Sumerians began to worship three all-important gods, Sin, the moon god, who traveled in a crescent boat and was the most powerful, Shamash, the sun goddess, and Ishtar, the goddess of fertility, whose home was the bright star of Venus. Mm. Next door neighbor mm. to Darian. Darian! <laughs> Darian! Darian! <laughs> but in ancient Babylonia, it was Darian. <laughs> Astro Rick is a Darian. Oh my God! Is yes okay? We have to keep track of all the things we say about Astro Rick for his bonus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. As in many, or as in most early cultures, the astrologers were the priests, and the priests were not only religious leaders but leaders of government as well. Each priest ruled his separate province, called cities or states, and despised divine wisdom to his followers. Mm. I just, I want you to imagine Astro Rick, just leader of a city, and just spreading the gospel of the gods, Sin, Shamash, Mm -hmm. and Ishtar. From space. But he never takes his suit off. From space, yeah. 
no. never takes his suit off. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like uh, the guy from Top Gear. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. The good one. The British one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is his name? It's like something with an that. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, large observations or watchtowers were built for the priests to study the movement of the stars and the planets. By the time the Babylonian culture was in full flower, Mm. between 2800 and 500 BC, tab your face when I said full flower was precious. (laughs) You're welcome. Precious. Uh, When Babylonian was in full flower, astrology had become more sophisticated. Besides the sun, moon, and Venus, four other planets had been discovered. So it's Mercury, Mars, Jupiter, and Zaddy Saturn. Zaddy. 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 Hey, Zaddy. Uh, the planets. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, the planets were given individual. <laughs> That's what you sounded like, Rachel. <laughs> I hate it. We, can we just edit no. that out? Nope. Probably not. Okay. Uh, the planets were given individual characteristics and properties, and a god was assigned to each. For example, Mars, reddish in color, became identified with the fiery god of war. Fire. Mm, mm-hmm. Venus, seen early in the morning, was in a sense giving birth to the day. Mm-hmm. Cute little ma- ma- mama Venus and daddy Saturn. Are we a family? Oh. Now the moon uh. is the mom, the moon is the mother, oh. but close. Mm-hmm. You're close. Okay. Venus could she- be the mother too. <laughs> Listen, that's what the Babylonians mm. say. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay. okay. <laughs> Venus, seen early in the morning. Was in a sense giving birth to the day, and she was therefore a feminine planet associated with love and fertility. To this day, Mars and Venus have these same characteristics in modern astrology, mm. which is now, but time's not real, so it's then too, and it's also the future. Anyway, <laughs> the four seasons were also. <laughs> time is in a Jeremy Baramy. If you've seen mm. the good place, you know what I mean. Do you, yeah. have you guys ever seen the good place? I have seen no. the good place. So it says that they say that time goes in a Jeremy Baramy. So it's not a straight line. It's just like all of these loops oh and it like somehow <laughs> spells out Jeremy Baramy. It's very funny. I love it. The four seasons were also given symbols. So spring was the bull, summer a lamb, autumn a scorpion, and winter a turtle. Turtle. A turtle. A phoenix? These divisions of the a a phoenix. phoenix. Yes. These divisions of the calendar date back to the 12th century BC and two symbols, the bull and the scorpion, are still used in modern astrology today. Note also that in today's astrology, the bull, Taurus, is assigned for late April and early May, spring, and the scorpion, Scorpio, is late October, early November, which is autumn. Mm. I think, oh, that's, thanks, thanks. And their oppositions. They are. In the zodiacal wheel. Mm-hmm. The invention of the modern zodiac is created is credited to the Babylonians. Circeo, the famous Roman orator who lived during the last century BC, had an explanation for why the Babylonians were such acute astrologers. Quote, they reside in the vast plains where no mountains obstruct their view of the entire hemisphere. And so they have applied themselves mainly to that kind of divination called astrology. Mm. End quote. It was the early Babylonian priest astrologers who set down the basic principles of astrology that have remained almost unchanged until today. They divided the sky into 12 equal parts through which the sun and the moon traveled, 
One theory is that they patterned the 12 divisions after the 12 months in the Babylonian year, one month for each lunar cycle. The sky was thought uh, the sky was thought of as a circle of 360 degrees, with each division being 30 degrees. This is the way astrologers measure the sky today. The 12 sky divisions, or signs as we call them, were given the names Aries, Pallades, Gemini, Proseppi, Leo, Spica, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricornus, Aquarius, and Pisces. So it was was a little different, but not that much. I feel like they should have kept it as Capricornus. I like Mm -hmm. that. I like that Mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. Um, The Greeks later changed Pallades to Taurus and Proseppi to Cancer and Spica to Virgo. So these are the names we still use of the 12 signs of the astrology. Hmm. Mm. Each of the signs had a precise influence over events on Earth. Each ruled a planet, an animal, a precise stone, and a color. The Babylonians also named 12 houses. These were divisions of the zodiac that governed various areas of life. The Babylonian houses were 1. Life, 2. Riches and poverty, 3. Brothers, 4. Parents, 5. Children, 6. Health and, and illness, 7. Wife and husband, eight death, nine religion, ten dignities, eleven friendship, and twelve enmity. Mm. Mm-hmm. With some exceptions, these are more or less what the houses in modern astrology govern today. It is. It is indeed. It is more it is. or less. <laughs> more or less. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So not the same, but more or less. Mm. Yeah. By the same time <laughs> of the reign of King Asurbanipal. Asurbanipal? Astroho? Let me try. <laughs> By the time of the reign of King Astroho, in the <laughs> middle of the 7th century BC, the basic tenets of astrology had been set down. One of the reasons we know so much about King Astroho <laughs> is that he left behind a great library, much of which survives. We even have some memorabilia. I'm sorry. Memoranda written to the king by his astrologers. That's by his hose. It's by his hose. hose. Mm -hmm. The hose Mm -hmm. of the original astro hoe. Mm -hmm. So, but they left little, there's little notes of astrological readings that were left to King Astro Ho. One of them, which reflects a narrowly monarchist point of view, reads in part as follows. Ready? This is what. This is one. This is how one of the Astro Hoes slid into King Astro Ho's DM. Mm, nice. Okay. Hit me with it. To my lord, king of all Ooh. countries, if an eclipse occurs but is not observed in the capital, such an eclipse is considered not to have happened. The capital means the city in which the king is staying. Mm. So the eclipse only truly happens if it happens where the king lives. Is yeah. what it's saying. That's what's saying. Hmm. That's how it slid into its into Astro King Astro's DMs. The astrologer was trying hard. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) just trying really hard. Win me over. Is the real Um, astrologer you up? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. What you doing? Uh, Astrology was mainly used for wide scale predictions, weather forecasts, floods, good and bad harvests, eclipse, war, and the fortune of the king. Around the 5th century BC, astrology became more personal. 
There is a Babylonian horoscope dated 409 BC that is still in existence, and we have the translation of the horoscope cast in 234 BC for a name, man named Astrakites. All right, and this is this is his thing, right? So it says the position of Jupiter. The position of Jupiter means that his life will be regular. <laughs> he will become rich and will grow old. The position of Venus means that wherever he go, it will be favorable for him. Mercury in Gemini means that he will have sons and daughters. Hmm. That's it. So this was based on his own personal chart. Yeah, but this is 234 BC. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Before J-Dog. Mm. Yeah, before J-Dog. <laughs> in Babylonian astrology, the constellation of Cassiopeia rules over Syria and Palestine. This constellation was called the woman with child because every 300 years it produced an unusual bright mm -hmm. star. Astrologers calculate that this star appeared after the birth of Christ and may be the very star that the three wise men followed to the manger. The Jews of that era are also known to have, a, or have practiced astrology. Among modern days Jews, the expression Mazel Tov is used as an occasion of joy, such as birthdays, weddings, anniversaries, celebrations. Few people know that Mazel Tov has its roots in astrology, and the word Mazalot in biblical Hebrew means sign of the zodiac or constellation. So basically, Mazel Tov can literally translate to good constellation. Did you know that? I did know that from the three times that I read it the last yeah. time a month ago, but I <laughs> didn't know it before that. And I'm actually in the middle of listening to the Jewish book of why. So maybe that'll come up and I'll see if I can, uh, if I can verify it. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To see if that's. Did you feel thing, like the stars aligned when you read that and you were right in the place you were supposed to be because of astrology and Judaism? No, because <laughs> no, well, it's you know with the things that I'm I'm uh, learning right now, like I, I just I know that it it can probably it probably translates to good constellation, right? Like that's a thing, but I feel like it probably means something different than mm. like literal good constellation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's there's probably more meaning behind it, or yeah. I'm sure there's some kind know. of story because that's the thing with all everything. The Jewish culture is a million stories and a bunch of whys and all of the You'll things. You have to report back. Yeah, yeah. There's just all of the cool. things. Also, Happy New Year. We're in the middle oh, of the Jewish New, New Year. Year. Happy New well, Year. We're in the middle of high holidays. That's what I'll say. High yeah, that kind holidays. of makes sense then because you said uh, like just kind of going back, the Jewish New Year kind of, you know, you, the October sets the tone for the rest of the year. So the fact that it's, yeah. that makes it's true two plus two moment. It is. Yeah. I, yeah. I was kind of, uh, I was talking about this with some family members of mine the other day about how like Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, like the whole thing is about um, repenting for sins and asking for forgiveness and all of that jazz and getting rid of all the things that you have done and actually like, but actually asking for forgiveness. And then you don't really make up for it until you act differently right. the next mm -hmm. time. Right. So it's reflecting on the year. But the other thing is the Jewish new year is like the second new year. It's actually taking place in the seventh month of the Jewish calendar. <laughs> so there's, yeah. So it's like kind of weird how all of that works huh. out. Um, 
Yeah. So there is like, but it's all around harvest and it's because the the Jewish calendar is lunar. So that's why the year is totally different. Right. And mm. Some years there's more months because it's where our calendar is all around the sun. Right. Right. The Jewish calendar is strictly around the moon and all holidays revolve around a new moon or a right. full moon. Hmm. That's so interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Some years I'll do 13 months. It all depends on, on the things. Hmm. Interesting. The more mm-hmm. you know. The more you know. Rainbow. <laughs> so thank yeah. you, Rachel, for, for hitting us with that with that info about King Astroho. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like You're welcome. It. King Astroho. And oh. uh, there you go, folks. Now you got it. Now you got the info. Finally. On the Babylonians. <laughs> After the 15th After time. After many moons. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I'm glad we gave me a little time. Because reading that a yeah. bunch of times in one day was aggressive. That was that was a lot. And I pre-read it before the whole episode. Back then, when we did the whole it. fucking episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah, gone just... into the into the the astro yeah. field. Yeah, it's in the void now. CERN has CERN. it. CERN definitely <laughs> has it. I am concerned that one day CERN is going to reach out to us and be like, can you guys please stop? <laughs> we'll call it a cease and desist order. <laughs> I would absolutely love that. Yeah. <laughs> I know you would. That would make me so happy. <laughs> if we got any correspondence from CERN. That's funny. Imagine. I would lose my body. I would just leave my body. I would just be so excited. That'd be the happiest, happiest moment ever. Or we just... find out that like the people in the area, like the work area, actually listen to our podcast and every time they we say hail CERN, they're like, how CERN? <laughs> that would make me that would make me really happy. I would I would Did you see the CERN opening ceremony? Did we talk about this before? I don't know. You should check it out. Are you talking about the YouTube video where they have like a fire and shit? That was uh, that was proven fake. Damn, really good. If we're talking about the same video, I'm pretty sure it was proven fake. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. Wait, no, but I saw something on their actual website. Maybe it's not the same. It might be not. It might not be the same thing. It was looking like a human sacrifice and shit. The one that I'm talking about. I mean, it was like at night. It was like a video of. from like up above, and it was like a bunch of people in the front around the statue, and like they had fires. And at yeah. night, this one was oh, okay. at night. We're talking about different ones then. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. There was a video where it was like it was looking like a human sacrifice, and they were like, "We took this video right outside of CERN," and it's like, no, they there. Was... Yeah, it ended up being a prank. Yeah. Hmm. But I'm sure they had a really lovely opening ceremony for real, (laughs) not a human (laughs) ritual sacrifice. (laughs) Hail CERN. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All right. I read it. You did it. You did it. We did it. Good job. Libra season. The Queen's chart. I kind of thought for a minute that it was going to be Coolio's chart. Because R.I.P. Coolio. Oh, yeah, well. I know. That was, I like didn't know that. Wait, what? Like, when did he die? Like last week, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. He's uh, living in a gangster's paradise. Yeah. Now. Wow. I did not know that. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was not ready for that. <laughs> well, we'll leave you with that. Goodbye, Goodbye. everyone. Astrohos out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Two Geminis and a Leo. If you enjoyed it, we would love to see you over on our social media. We have an Instagram at Two Geminis and a Leo. We are on Facebook, also at the same handle, Two Geminis and a Leo. And you can shoot us an email at Two Gemini One Leo. Hail CERN. Hail CERN. Hail CERN. Hail CERN. Hail CERN. Hail CERN. Are you there? I thought we were you hear recording. Us? I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear really us? CERN. CERN. Hello? <laughs> Is this thing on? Good lord. Son, I know you can hear me. (laughs) Son, I love you.